This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have our usual look at this week in the grain markets. Spring wheat futures saw a small rise this week, but canola continued an upward push. We talk with Megs Reynolds about the importance of farm mental health. Real Agriculture discusses the National Supply Chain Task Force. We have two issues raised in the Commons Agriculture Committee this week. There's discussion on a bill to exempt farm propane and natural gas for grain drying from the carbon tax. And there's discussion comments on the negative social media discussions on farming. The farm weather is in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today in Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Grain prices were on the upswing this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola is up $37 a metric ton, while spring wheat has gained two cents a bushel for the week. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, November canola futures increased approximately $37 a ton. Uh, today we are up about $10 a ton, nearing that 900 mark. Today is option expiry for the November contract, so we are seeing a bit of short covering here. Uh, some funny things often happen as well, too, just coming into a contract expiry month with the November contract being done next week. So the January will be the front month, and that that's where traders will be kind of going off of. When it comes to the Minneapolis wheat, the December contract increased approximately two cents a bushel here this week. We have been, I would say, trading a little bit more sideways to lower on the wheat kind of recently. Chicago wheat has been quite volatile here recently. There has been talk of better chances of an export deal, which is kind of, again, helping pressure prices a little bit lower right now. There has been some weather problems in Australia and Argentina, and there was a bit of a positive tilt to other grain markets. So that was kind of supportive there recently. The International Grains Council has kept their world wheat crop forecast unchanged at about 792 million tons. And weekly export sales reports showed that for the week ending October 13th, wheat sales increased slightly. So that was kind of good to see. When looking at the canola front, again, the contract expiry will is kind of on the main side of things when it looks when it comes to the soybean market side of things. We have actually seen kind of soybeans increase here in the last couple days, uh, having a bit of a rally and soybean oil as well, too, kind of breaking higher on the charts as well. So what's the outlook next week and beyond in the markets? Well, next week, again, I think it'll be important to just kind of watch to see how this canola contract trades with it, uh, the November expiring. That could easily affect the other months as well, too. And I'm going to be watching again for soybean oil. If it wants to continue its rally, uh, canola will definitely follow to some extent. You talked about an export deal. I think you were talking about wheat or something. What, what did you mean? What were you referring to? 
I was talking about the, the kind of an export deal reach potentially with Ukraine. That's where if there seems to be more wheat coming on the market, then that could pressure kind of prices lower. So there's been, again, talks of, you know, export deals with Ukraine and Russia, you know, it's happening a lot, you know, all the time. But it seems like one could get done here sooner rather than later. Adam Bacallo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Finance. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Perry 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PerryEavestroffs.ca And your Perry Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. There were more discussions this week in Ottawa on Bill 234, the private member's bill in the Commons to exempt propane and natural gas from the federal carbon tax when used on-farm to dry grain or to heat barns. The bill, like its predecessor, has the full support of all opposition parties in Ottawa. The bill is currently being debated by the Commons Agriculture Committee before being sent back to the House for a final reading. During the current round of discussions, like the ones more than a year ago on the previous bill that died on the order paper when the last federal election was called, there is consensus around the table that while there are new technologies being developed to replace the use of fossil fuels to dry grain, it's still a long way from being scalable to accommodate the quantities of grain grown on the prairies. But a Liberal MP on the committee, Ryan Turnbull from Whitby, Ontario, was adamant this past week the technology is available, but farmers are simply reluctant to make the change. Here was the exchange between Turnbull and Serge Bowie, the CEO of the Agri-Food Innovation Council. Twelve years ago in Canadian biomass, they have 16 examples of grain drying technology uh, that, that are all scalable. So is it not true that there's actually grain drying technology and it's been around for at least 12 years? Why is the industry not adopting the grain drying technology which is here? 12 years ago, documented. I, I'd love to comment, uh, Mr. Turnbull, uh, but I, I would respectfully, strongly disagree with you on the scalability of those technologies. Um, we, we did actually mention ourselves in our brief on the previous legislation uh, about the wonderful uh, technologies such as biomass and others, um, but they're simply not scalable at this time. The technologies may exist as a proof, as a concept, but you need to be able to scale it throughout the country and that's simply not there, sir. I have examples in my writing of greenhouses and barns that are being heated and cooled, okay, with solar, uh, geothermal, and some of them air source heat pumps. Um, I understand the way business works and that there's an upfront capital cost to adopting any new technology, but the technology exists. It's there. So it, wouldn't it be better for the government to help farmers make the transition, keep the price signal, and a rebate, but actually help farmers finance the transition to the new technology since we have it already and then help those companies scale up, which is exactly what the price on pollution is designed for in the first place. So, Mr. Turnbull, we, we don't fully disagree on, on, on a, uh, one thing. You said, you know, should the government be supporting farmers to invest in those technologies? Absolutely. Hallelujah. This is great. Uh, but should they tax them to do so? Um, that's a different philosophical uh, way of seeing things if you uh, you know if you penalize people long enough and hard enough will they make changes I believe you know that if you actually help people um, make the right choices they will make the right choices Bowie also made the point during his testimony that as farmers are being asked to convert to a new way to dry their grain 
Many are still waiting for the arrival of high-speed internet on their farms. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Earlier this year, Canada's Transport Minister, Omar El Gabra, established a national supply chain task force to examine the issues affecting Canada's supply chains coming off of uh, all of the challenges of the last couple of years. This task force was given a mandate to produce recommendations on how to make Canada's transportation system stronger and along with that make Canadians' lives more affordable. So the task force has now published its final report. And it includes a total of 21 specific recommendations, including several that are relevant for agriculture and uh, the export of uh, crops and commodities, livestock that we produce in Canada. And to break this down from an agricultural lens, we caught up with Greg Northy, Vice President of Corporate Affairs for Pulse Canada, which is a member of the Ag Transport Coalition. Greg is also a, a fairly regular guest here on Real Ag Radio. He was on just a couple of weeks ago talking about railway performance, moving grain in Western Canada. Here's our conversation talking about this new federal task force, supply chain task force report, and the recommendations this task force has made for improving Canada's supply chains. From your perspective, Greg, as a member of the Ag Transport Coalition, what are some of the, the things in this report that stand out? Yeah, so the, the best way to judge this report is really on, on what, I'd say, we as the, the green industry have been requesting of, of government regarding supply chains for, for quite a few years. So I'm definitely happy to see this task force formed and to see the report. And uh, there's a few things in here that actually um, that directly uh, connect with, with some of our, our longstanding requests of government. Uh, one of the main things is around the Canadian Transportation Agency. Um, as many will recall, we saw the last bill that changed legislation around transportation was 2018, and it took some initial steps to strengthen the agency and with their own motion power, investigative powers. And so we saw that happen in Vancouver, or issues in Vancouver in, in 2019. And the reason that we've had so, so, so much focus on this is that they're you know, the regulator, just like with any situation where you have uh, industries that, that act as monopolies, um, you, you need a strong regulator to be able to understand what's happening and intervene if there's, um, if there's issues with, with market power. And so uh, the agency having that kind of power is something we've been after for, for a while. Like I said, we saw motion power introduced in, in legislation. And, and this report, this task force report, uh, proposes to to take that, uh, to strengthen that even more by by make, giving the agency more power to act on their own motion and also to supply them with the kind of data they need to be able to understand supply chains, what's happening in supply chains, and then act on it. So those two pieces are missing at the moment, and the task force has identified the data piece and, and those extended powers as, as being uh, key recommendations, and I would, that would support something we've been asking for as a grant sector for quite a while. Um, I guess the second piece is extended inner switching. We saw that come with a bill in 2015 as 160-pounder extended inner switching. Uh, the legislation 2018 removed that 
And uh, ever since we've been asking for that to uh, to be returned, and Task Force has identified that as a, as another piece, and and that is, in our view, a, a, a pro competitive measure. It allows shippers who have that access to inner switching within that 160 kilometers to to access another railway, and it doesn't require government intervention. It doesn't require application to the agency or anything like that. It's just the it's just a tool that shippers would have to 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 get that kind of competition from another another railway. And and when it was in existence, a few shippers used it, and it was a real eye opening experience to have that competition for the first time. And so, seeing that uh, recommendation in the task force report is is quite a good one. And certainly, we'd love to talk about extending it from 160 kilometers to to a, a longer distance. But that was a that was quite a positive uh, recommendation as well. Yeah, you know, we're trying to remain positive, and uh, hopefully, we're seeing some positive capacity uh, improvement from from the railways. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time to join us today, Greg. No problem. Appreciate it. Thanks. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, cloudy sky and it's overcast right now. Wind west 20 at a high of 11 degrees, the low minus 1. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, wind east 30, the high 11. But the rain is supposed to start tomorrow night and a low of plus 2. Sunday's outlook, not very nice. Rain, windy, although we do need the rain. High plus 3, so it's cool. And Sunday night, there's supposed to be snow, the low minus 2. Monday, clearing, but the high is just minus 1, the low minus 11. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 1, the low minus 4. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 3, the low minus 5. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high forecast. Next Thursday, high plus 5. Normal high for this date is 9 degrees. The normal low is minus 5. The sun rose at 7.31 this morning. It sets at 5.56 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now is elbow at 10 degrees. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay at plus 1. Esteban is 9, Saskatoon 8, Swift Current 5, Weyburn 7, Yorkton is 10 degrees. Overcast in Regina, 9 degrees, that's 47 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 25. Humidity is 53%, the barometer is dropping, it's at 100.3. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 9 degrees, winds are from the west, southwest 30, gusting to 41. Once again, Regina overcast to 9, that's 47 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent edge microactive... You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. Also brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Mental health is a rising issue among most business groups, including farming. Farming is considered one of the most dangerous and stressful occupations in the world. 
Megs Reynolds of Swift Current is the executive director of the Dumore Agriculture Foundation. She focuses on the importance of taking care of mental health on the farm. Well, Dumore Ag is the national voice and champion for mental health in Canadian agriculture. And we are working to end the stigma surrounding mental health and agriculture um, and ultimately change the culture to one where all in the industry are supported and empowered to take care of their mental health and mental well-being. Reynolds explains further. Well, agriculture is a little unique as an industry when it comes to mental health. Um, There's a lot of pieces that affect those working in agriculture, especially producers that are out of their control. Uh, So if you take, you know, what's going on this year, we've had uh, severe weather events in some farming communities, be that flooding, drought. Um, You've had geopolitical that's been affecting prices for commodities like fertilizer or fuel. Um, There's always different trade uh, tariffs that can come in that are not based on science. You had the, the producers in PEI having to put last year's potato crop through snow blowers uh, because of a, a trade issue. Um, of course, this year, Atlantic Canada was, was hit with Hurricane Fiona right before corn and soybean harvest. So there's a lot of different factors that are required for producers being successful on farm that they have no control over. Um, and then there's a lot of stigma surrounding mental health and agriculture. So a lot of, you know, those strong character traits that you see in people in agriculture where they're resilient, uh, they're tough, they're not affected by things, kind of that cowboy up mentality that actually can be detrimental when it comes to mental health. And so instead of, you know, we don't want to be a burden to anybody. Uh, we don't want to let other people know that we're struggling. And so we kind of tend to suffer in silence instead of reaching out for help. And when you combine that with the high levels of, of stress and chronic, chronic stress from um, just the day-to-day, not sleeping enough during the busy seasons, all those external factors you can't control, it can be a very challenging and hard situation for those involved in the industry. Reynolds says it's important to discuss issues with family members or support systems. I'd say when it comes to yourself and, and looking inward, um, know that you're not alone, that what you're feeling is not um, a lot of other people have been there before you, and so you're not... You're not the first one to to need to reach out or to talk to somebody. And there's a lot of people that really want to support you, whether that's reaching out to a friend to have a conversation, a family member, or calling a crisis line. And crisis lines, you don't have to feel like you're in full crisis to call them. They can help for a number of reasons. Uh, our website is a really great resource to find all of the different numbers and support systems that are out there, including using your location. Uh, and that's domore.ag. And when it comes to looking out for each other, you really want to be aware of um, how how that person in your circle, um, if, there, if there's any changes going on. So maybe someone on the farm um, is usually more outgoing and optimistic and suddenly they're withdrawing into themselves. They don't want to have conversations. They're more pessimistic when you do have a conversation with them. Uh, maybe they've been someone really vocal on social media and suddenly they're not posting anymore. Really, when people start pulling back from um, interactions and maybe they're not going to coffee row, that's usually a sign that something's going on. We tend to turn inward, and that's a really great time to reach out to that person and say what you've noticed. So say, hey, you know, you weren't at coffee row, you know, on on, uh, Sunday after church, and normally I see you there. Is anything going on? Do you want to talk about anything? And sometimes you have to ask more than once. 
and then create a safe place for that person to listen and sometimes or to talk sorry and sometimes that can be you know sharing a little bit yourself and saying you know it's been a really stressful year and I'm worried about this like is there anything you're worried about or that you want to talk about and letting that person know that they can talk and then just listening you know we don't need to we feel like we need to solve everybody's problems but that's not our our role our role is to listen um, and then to if we can uh, encourage them to seek help or even make a phone call with them if that'll help them connect with support. Megs Reynolds of Swift Current is the executive director of the Do More Agriculture Foundation. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 KRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Global food security was discussed with the Commons Agriculture Committee this week. Former Alberta Tory MP and farmer Ted Menzies spoke about the negative comments about farmers on social media. There was a clip on Twitter that was making the rounds this past week showing two teens in the United States being asked about agriculture. One said farming needs to end because it's the number one cause of climate change. Even some urban politicians in the U.S. have said, why is so much land dedicated to farming when everything we need to eat is found in the grocery store? Menzies didn't mince his words when describing those groups and individuals who would use any means possible to shut down the farming industry. Here's part of what he had to say. The full-bellied activists want all food grown under the guise of regenerative agriculture, a term for which no two people could offer a similar definition. I would invite these activists who have not set foot on a farm in search of knowledge to explain to a mother in Kenya, Ethiopia, or Somalia growing cassava to feed her hungry family that she should not nurture her crop with fertilizer or protect it from pests and diseases with approved safe chemistries. I was privileged to observe agriculture in Africa using primitive agrarian practices. Subsistence farming is not sustainable either for the soil or for food supply. Why do I give these comparisons? Because governments tend to listen to loud activists that care less for those who go hungry than they do for their unscientific research gleaned from their own internet algorithms. They claim we would all be better off growing less food and using less crop protection, but fail to understand the harm that this would cause to the air, the water, and soil through organic practices that require increased tillage, causing soil erosion, organic pesticides, many that are more harmful to nature than those actually approved by certified regulatory bodies, and substantial increases in greenhouse gas emissions from excess field equipment passes. Many of Canada's food producing regions benefit from a changing climate. But along with that comes the moral responsibility to help feed those who are negatively impacted by a changing climate. And shame on us if we don't or if we are not allowed to step up to that responsibility. That's former Alberta Tory MP and farmer Ted Mintz. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. 
Market update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Grain markets were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola rose two dollars and thirty cents at eight sixty one zero two. Lentils fell ten dollars this morning at seven forty eight fifty. Number one red spring wheat dropped nine dollars ninety six cents at four twenty one seventy five. The rest were unchanged. Durham four eighty two thirty three. Feed barley three sixty seven eighty seven. Chickpeas nine twenty five ninety five. Flax seven fifty two ninety eight. Oats two seventy five thirty two. Yellow peas four fifty nine eighty nine. And feed wheat two eighty nine fifty six. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December fell three quarters of a cent at nine sixty one and three quarter cents a bushel. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 3,347 Charlotte calves on Tuesday, October 8th. Another 2,175 Charlotte and Semitol calves on the 20th of October. Almost 500 cows that are Thursday regular sale. These top end Charlay calves, they continue to bring the top, top dollar. Plain to medium in these short eared calves are being severely discounted. Here's what happened at our sales. We had 68 tanned steers, 486 at 30475, 104 tanned steers, 533 at 287, tri load 593 at 28375. 653s on the tri loaded to 64.75 and the big boys the tans 701 at 259.75 104 black steers they came out of Clayton Lee at Blengoff 499 they bring to 83.75 into the heifers 127 tan heifers 481 at 239.75 93 tans 591 to 229 another tri load 532 they bring 232 657 tans on the tri loaded to 223 and 50. These top end cows, there's quite a difference in the cows. 98 to $1.06 on the top, top end. Medium cows, 88 to 97. Shelly cows, they are lower yet. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, $231.02 per CKG. Coming up. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. The Canadian Grain Commission says farmers will have more time for a final grade determination when there's a dispute with the country elevator company. Producers can now ask that a sample of their grain delivery be sent to the Grain Commission for a final determination for up to seven calendar days after the date of their grain delivery. That's right, is available for farmers who deliver a regulated grain into a licensed primary elevator. The changes have been made to keep pace with the current operational realities of grain handling and delivery in Canada. The amendments clarify how long samples must be stored and allow more flexibility for farmers and elevator operators to decide who stores samples and where. In addition, farmers will not have to be present at the time of delivery to request a final quality determination. On the markets today, the TSX is up 226 points to 18,808. 
The Dow has risen 585 points to 30,918. Oil is up 67 cents at 85.18 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 73.20 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.